0: we've been studying Doom to repeat the life of the children of israel and we've actually been going backwards from the promised land and taking a look at the life of the children of israel in a different way and today we're going to take a look by god's grace at um at the, the choice and consequences uh these people they there was unbelief there was revolt they they made choices and then they had to live with the consequences and so um we're going to take a look at some of that, and, and, but we're going to look at overall the opportunity that God gives us to be able to act in faith. And I want us to take a look at Numbers chapter 13, verses 26 through 33. We're actually going to look all the way through chapter 14, but we're not going to get all that done, and I'm not going to read it for uh, for the length and the time that we have, but we're going to read uh, the first part here, or the last part of chapter 13, which is really the first part of our message. And they went, verse 26, and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. These were the spies that were sent out. They came back unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told, the congr- uh, and they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites... Dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Let's pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here this morning. And I pray that you will take this time and that you will use it. I pray that your grace would work in and through me. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would give to each and every one of us what we need physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually from your word. We thank you that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen us today in your word. Help us to trust your word completely. Help us never to waver. Help us to stand firm upon your word, and we thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that if there is one here this morning that does not know you, that they would come to know you. I ask that you work on their heart. I pray that you break up the stony and fallow ground, that the anvil of your word would crush the, the sin-sick heart, and that they would, uh, their eyes would be opened to see the gloriousness of the gospel. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach, and I pray, Father, that your people would be blessed and encouraged. I pray that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, that you would change us where we need to be changed, and that you would convict us where we need to be convicted. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't have a cold, but for some reason my nose is is running. and. Uh, when you got a nose my size and it runs, you better take care of it. You know, it could be like a river, you know. Um, I heard a, I, I, I came across a story this week about a man who decided to join a monastery and become a priest. And he was required to be able to take a vow of silence, but he was given two words a year He could only say two words at the end of each year, and so he was told to choose carefully. After the first year, he came to the priest who was in charge, and the priest said, what are your two words? And this young priest said, bed's hard. (laughs) Another year goes by, he's given his two words, and the senior priest says, what do you have to say? The young priest says, Food's cold. After his third year of silence, he was able to speak again. The older priest said, What are your two words? I quit. (laughs) The senior priest says, Well, no wonder. All you've done since you've got here is complain. (laughs) This man had an opportunity And he chose to take that opportunity to complain. (laughs) This morning we find ourselves in the book of Numbers, which this portion of Scripture, we see opportunity. Numbers is the fourth book in the book of of five. It's called the law or the Pentateuch or the Torah. Three different words to be able to describe the same section of Scripture here. All penned by uh, Moses, the man of God. He was the human penman. And so Numbers, we find, the fourth book here, and we're looking at, in this passage, opportunity. And I want us to, to, to drive home the point this morning that God will give each and every one of us opportunities to act in faith. Amen. He gives us all opportunities to act in faith. A matter of fact, just a few moments ago, we had an opportunity to act in faith. You say, what was that? It was giving. It's supposed to be an act of faith. Not only is it an act of worship, but it's an act of faith. God gives us opportunities to act in faith. We could say God gives us opportunities to trust him. God gives us opportunities to follow him. And God wants us to act in faith. You know, as believers, we're to live in faith. The Bible says that without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him so God in his graciousness he wants us to please him and so what does he do for us he gives us opportunities to be able to please him and the way that we please God is to act in faith so many times we think that pleasing God is just doing you can do a lot of things for God without pleasing God because it's not in faith see your motive does matter to God your heart does matter to God. We look on the outside, and, and that's all that we can do. But God is the, the, the uh, discerner of the hearts, and he knows our motivation. And so because God wants us to please him, he gives us these opportunities to be able to step out in faith and please him. See, opportunities, when, you, when you're given opportunities, you're given choices, opportunities give us choices and we can choose one direction or another. So if God gives us an opportunity to act in faith, we can either choose to act in faith, right? Or we can choose what? Not to act in faith. So with an opportunity, you have a choice. That's what true opportunities are. They give you a choice. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that does better with limited choices. I, I do better with that. I don't like a lot of choices. Because of my OCD, when I've got lots of choices, I'm all over the place. I'm like, just let's just narrow this down. Okay? I don't like going to diners. You know, I don't like that. My, my wife, if I, if I ever go to purgatory with her, that's another word for them mall. Um, if I when I go, when I go to the mall with her, and if she, if it wasn't for her, I would wear the same thing. All the time. Matter of fact, I, I, I really do. I, I want, this is what I want to wear. Blue pants, a white shirt, brown or black shoes. Every day, it's good. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's less decisions I have to make. I would rather do that. But if it wasn't, f- if it wasn't for my, I would, I would wear all and she takes me to the, to the mall and says, okay, we need to pick out some clothes for you. And you know what she talks? She goes, you are worse than a woman. <laughs> I'm like, well, does this not, uh, I don't know, how, I, I can't handle all those choices. It just drives me nuts. So I've got to be limited in my choices. But true opportunity does give us choices. But now with the choices, whatever choice you make, you've got to live with the consequences. So with the opportunity, we have a choice to either act in faith towards God or not act in faith, but both choices will lead to consequences that we have to live with as individuals. And that's where we find ourselves here today. Now, what God wants us to do is he wants us to take the step of faith. You say, well, pastor, sometimes that's scary. That's why it's called faith. Pastor, that's challenging. That's why it's called faith. Pastor, I I don't know what the outcome's going to be. That's why it's called faith. (laughs) See, it's impossible to please him without faith. And so what he wants us to do, you know what he's saying? He's saying, just trust me. I've got this. I've got it all under control. I can do this better than you can. See, you know what, when it comes down to, I mean... I'll get to the message here in a minute, but what it comes down to is when we decide not to act in faith, you know what we're telling God? We're telling God that we can do it better than he can. I can do life better than you can, God. That's really interesting that you you and I, we would say that to the the one who created life. You say, well, I would never say that to him. You're right. We wouldn't say that, but... but our actions say that. Our, our motives say that. You know what God wants us to do with faith? Listen, I'm going to tell you, God doesn't want us, let me back up and say it this way. How many of you have ever gone to maybe somebody's house, you're you going to a pool or you're going to maybe the lake or the ocean or you, somebody had uh, you go to a city pool and it's like the beginning of summer or whatever and you're going to, you're going to go swimming with your family or whatever and, and what do you do most of us will put our foot in the water right see how cold it is oh man oh i got to get used to that or i'd rather have it bath temperature you know i like that bath water very few of us just jump right in just plunge in god does not want us to dip our toe into the pool of his faith uh, of faith he doesn't want us to do that. You know, well, let me see if God will come through. Listen, God comes through every time. He, he doesn't want us going, ooh, ooh, that, that's, that's a little bit cold. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to do a cannonball into the pool of faith. He, he wants us to just jump right in. He wants us to say, okay, God, this is what you want, us, want me to do. you give me this opportunity to faith. He just wants us to run and do, I'm going to make the biggest splash that I can. And just like when we're at the pool and we see people do that, we say, man, they're crazy. You know how many people in the Christian life would look at other Christians and say, they're crazy, I can't believe they do that. But you know what? That is the normal Christian life. Amen. We think the normal Christian life is just dipping our toe in it. Oh, well, yeah, I did, a, I did a little bit. I'm gonna walk down to the first step right here. and Okay, now I'm getting used to this. feel pretty good. No, God wants us to take him at his word and he gives us opportunity to do so. Take a look if you would. First of all, number one, I've got a two-point outline. Number one is you have a choice. You have a choice. Well, what's my choice, pastor? Letter A. You have a choice to believe the words of others or the record of God. Here's your choice. You have a choice to believe the words of others or the record of God. What we find, we find this in Numbers chapter 13 verses 26 through 33. And what we find is the spies return from searching land for 40 days. And I'd like the guys, if you could, uh, throw that map up on the screen if you have it there. And what you see is this is where, this is where, the nation of Israel is currently. And you'll see the orange line. And that's the, that's the, that's the land that they went out and searched all the way up to lebo Hamath. That's what they searched out. And then they came back. That was the land from Beersheba all the way up. That's the land that God had promised them. They went to go search out that land. It took them 40 days. They're on the verge of going into the promised land. And that entry point right there is Kadesh Barnea. That's where they were going to enter into the promised land. They were obedient. They were following Moses' directions to go search out the land. You can see in verse uh, chapter 13, take a look at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. So they were being obedient. They They were following what God had told the man of God, and they were going in that direction. And they came back, and this is what they told Moses. They, they told Moses that the land was exactly as Moses had described it. It was a great land, they said. It had tremendous resources. They brought back with them some of the fruit, and some of the fruit was so great that it took two men to be able to carry it. It was an abundant land. It was very impressive. Everything was going well. Well up until verse 28, there's a dramatic change. Take a look at Numbers 13, 28. We see a dramatic shift. What's that first word right there? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. In one word, everything changes. In one word. You know what nevertheless is? Nevertheless is, in spite of all that we've told you, how great the land is, how, how the land is exactly the way God said it, how the land is exactly the way, the way Moses said it, in spite of all that we've told you and all that we've showed you, there's some major issues. Nevertheless, it's used 97 times in the Bible, and it can be used in a positive or negative way. And in this portion of Scripture, nevertheless, Starts the process of doubt and question in the minds of God's people. You know what happens now? In an instant, in an instant, they go from trusting God to forgetting all that God had done for them. In an instant. they had seen the great miracles that God had performed for them over and over and over again and now one word these 10 spies come back they say look in spite of everything that we told you it is true this is what it's exactly the way God said here's the fruit but i got to tell you there's some problems see what's happening is they're getting ready to make a choice And that choice is going to cost them greatly. The Bible tells us in in this portion of Scripture, in Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, that there were 12 men that went up as spies. And, And within the 12 men, there were two groups. There was a majority group, and then there was a minority group. And the majority group was made up of 10 men. The minority group was made up of two men. And take a look, if you will, at the majority group. The majority group They give their report here in Numbers 13. Take a look at verses 28 and 29. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Here goes their report. They come back say, just like God said, but the people are strong. The cities are walled. The cities are big. And the relatives of Anak are there. You say, well, who are these people? They're giants. That's what verse 33 tells us in the text. They were giants. They were very large individuals. And then they give the different names of the different people that inhabit that land. Do you know what's happening here? the majority of men were revealing that they did not see God for who he was whenever whenever we have an opportunity to act in faith we can either follow God and act in faith or we can go our own way When we don't choose to follow God and act in faith, what we are saying is we are not seeing God for who he really is. Does the Bible not say that God is the great provider? Does the Bible not say that God is the great protector? Does the Bible not say that he is my shield and my fortress? Does the Bible not say that he is light and life? Does the Bible not say that he is the rose of Sharon? Does the Bible not say over and over again that he is my El Shaddai? Does the Bible not say that he is the one in whom I can put my complete faith and trust in? Yes, it does. The Bible gives multiple names for God. Why? So that we can learn to be able to know him for who he is but these men were not seeing God for who he was see all they saw were obstacles all they saw were challenges all they saw were problems see they saw their problems bigger than God and when we refuse to act in faith when we refuse to trust God what happens is our God becomes small and our problems become large. And when our God becomes small, and our problems become large, our faith diminishes. You say, Pastor, I want to increase my faith. I want to act upon these opportunities of faith that God gives me. I've got a choice to act in faith. You say, how can I increase my faith? By acting on it. Faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And when you and I are willing to step out by faith and just take God and recognize that He is the God that is leading me. He is the God of this Word, and I am going to stand upon His Word. Listen, folks. We need to get to the point in our Christian life that it doesn't matter what comes into our life, that as long as we have God, we'll be okay. Now sometimes God has to take you through the valley of the shadow of death for that to come, become real in your life. Sometimes God has to put you in the prison of the dark night of the soul for that to become real in your life. Sometimes there has to be certain things that come into your life for that longing to be developed. But are you going to see God or your problems as bigger? See, in their eyes, God was very small and the people were very big. Isn't it interesting? The cities are walled. The people are strong. The people are huge. The cities are great you know what they should have been saying? Hey, just want to let you know some facts here. It's exactly the way God said it was. It's exactly the way Moses said it was. Now, there's some obstacles. There is the cities are walled. They're big cities. The people are big, and they're very strong people. But let me tell you something. We've got a God that's bigger than those people. We've got a God that can defeat those cities. We've got a God that has promised us this land, and we've got a God that we can fight for, that will fight for us, and we can trust, and so we need to just go and take this land just like God wants us to do. That's the report that they should have brought back, but they didn't. See, now the minority gives the report. Take a look at verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. See, that's the opportunity that you have. You've got a choice to make this morning. You can can either make the choice of following the majority of men. Oh, look at all these problems. I, I don't know how God's gonna do this. Man, these are are insurmountable problems in the the human perspective. We're small, they're large, they've got great fortresses, we don't have anything, we're nomads. I I don't know how we're going to do this. Or you can take the minority report and say, hey, let's go up at once. You know what he's saying? Let's take God at his word. Let's go up at once. We are able to take this. Caleb was not saying that we're sufficient in ourselves. What he was saying is there, we're able to take this. Why? Because of the God who is on our side. The Egyptians knew. Isn't it funny when you come to the Red Sea that the Egyptians knew that it was the Lord who was fighting for them? That's what Scripture says. When they're stuck in the middle of the Red Sea, they say, oh no, the Lord of hosts is fighting for for the nation of Israel. And guess what? When you take that opportunity of faith and you you, you follow God and you trust Him, you make the choice to be able to follow Him, you know what others will say around you? There's something different about that person. I can't believe that they do that. I can't believe that they live that way. I can't believe that they walk that way. I can't believe that they... Why? Because you're taking the opportunity. See, these men here, Caleb and Joshua, they saw God for who he is. See, they were letting the people know that God would give them the victory if they would just obey him. See, listen, folks, there will always be people who have no vision. Amen. Listen. I, I, I want, I, you need to get this. This is so important in your Christian life. So be a person of vision. Be a person of faith. There's always going to be people that have no vision, no faith. There's always going to be people that have no interest in change. There's always going to be people that want to live in the past the people, there are always going to be people that don't want to take any step of faith. There are always going to be people that are small in their thinking. I read about some companies who missed some great opportunities over the years. Back in uh, in 1878, there was some newfangled device that was called the telephone. Western Union had an opportunity to develop it but they had this internal memo that said, the telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. The device has no value to us. I'd like everybody now to turn in your phones. We can't live without our phones. I've got my phone on me right here, right now. I mean, if we didn't have our, what would we do? I'd really like to get, I'd be, I'd be more than willing to turn my phone in, but... What, what happened? They, they had no vision. In 1936, the New York Times def- defined authoritatively on this new technology that had something called a rocket. They said the rocket will never leave the Earth's atmosphere. We're talking about landing on Mars now. Hmm. Thomas Watson, the chairman of IBM, said, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers... There's there's been a few more sold than that. Producer Daryl Zanuck said, television won't last very long because people will tire of staring at a plywood box every night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No vision, right? They weren't willing to step out. How about this? The executive that worked at at Deco Records and this band came in and auditioned for them and he rejected them. He said, this band has no future. Besides, guitar groups are on their way out. Oh, by the way, that band was called The Beatles. Yeah. And in 1981, Bill Gates said, 64K ought to be enough for anybody. Now we're looking at terabytes. Dad, I'll explain that to you later. <laughs> That's all Greek to him. <laughs> well, why? Why? They, they were limited in their perspective. They, they saw problems or they saw issues. And think about the opportunities that were lost by some of these companies. They were limited by what they saw. It was not that Joshua and Caleb ignored the problems It's not that they ignored the difficulties. They just looked at the challenges as an opportunity through the eyes of faith. And God is giving this nation an opportunity to act in faith. Now listen, folks, this morning, God may not be asking you to go conquer a country, but he is giving us opportunities to act in faith on a daily basis. But number two, or letter B, you have a choice how you'll respond You have a choice of how you will respond. What or who you believe has a direct impact on how you respond. Did you hear that? What or who you believe has a direct impact on how you respond. In the last few verses of number 13, we find the majority group, again, repeating what they had already said These men were doing all that they could to discourage the nation, the people from listening to Caleb and Joshua and ultimately the Lord and they accomplished their goal. Take a look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness and wherefore hath the Lord brought us Unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their face, faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephune, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they speak unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey only rebel not ye against the Lord neither fear ye the people of the land for they are bread for us their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us fear them not but all the congregation bade them stone them with stones and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel look at the response of the people there was weeping and crying it says there was murmuring, there was complaining, there was thoughts of dying and death. They were, they, were th- they were accusing God. They were accusing God of leading them astray. They were wanting to go back into slavery. They're talking about overthrowing the current leadership and setting up a new leader to take them back in Egypt. There's fear. They're wanting to stone Caleb and Joshua all because of one word, nevertheless. This is the way we do it. We don't use the term nevertheless that much. When God gives us an opportunity to be able to trust Him by faith, to be able to have the right response, this is what we do. But, here's another one. Well, what if Or we'll say, I just don't know. See, when you and I have an opportunity, you also have a choice of how you're going to respond. Why did all these negative reactions happen? Not only because of the report of the people. See, listen. Listen. Remember, I started out of you have a choice. The subpoint, the first letter A is you have a choice to believe the words of others or the record of God. The nation of Israel still had the choice to say no to these ten men. So I don't want you to say, well, pastor, if so-and-so hadn't discouraged me, then I would have have acted in faith. Or if I hadn't hadn't heard this, then I would have acted in faith. Or if I wasn't involved in this, then I would have acted in faith. No, you still have the choice of how you are going to believe, whether you're gonna believe the words of God or whether you're gonna believe the words of men. It happened because they didn't take the opportunity to act in faith. Their faith was eclipsed by fear. Now listen, I know this firsthand. Faith will always lead you to light. Fear will always lead you to darkness. You can see it right here in this passage. Let me tell you something else about faith. Not only will it always lead you to light, light, but I know this firsthand. Faith will always lead you to life. Fear will always lead you to death. See, they focused their attention on the obstacles instead of the objective. What was the objective? The objective was to be able to take the land. That was the objective. See, they were not looking at their problems in light of God. They were looking at at God in light of their problems. And whenever we have the opportunity to act in faith and choose not to do so, we are responding in the wrong way. Now listen, this is is not easy to to say and it's not easy to hear. But listen, whenever we choose not to respond and act in faith, we are choosing to rebel against God. Now I I know that that that's not a a very encouraging thing, but it's Bible. That's exactly what Caleb said and Joshua said to the people. Don't rebel against God. So if we're not acting in faith and following God, we are rebelling against God. You know how we like to, we like to soften it? We don't like to look at it that cut and dry. We don't like to look at it that black and white. But there are many things in the Bible that are very black and white. And this is one of them. Either we're going to act in faith and be obedient unto God and respond the right way. Responding the right way is acting in faith or we are going to rebel against God. Now listen, it's the same thing with salvation. Salvation comes through realizing that you're a sinner. We know that according to the word of God, right? For all have sinned. It says it. Well, what about you? Preacher man? Yes, I have. Ask my wife. She can tell you. She keeps a list of all of them. (laughs) No, not really. But all of us have sinned. And the Bible says because of our sin, we've fallen short of God's glory. It tells us that. For the wages of sin is death. And because of our sin, a payment has to be made. There is death. There are consequences. We sinned, right? Choice and consequences. We've sinned, and because of our sin, there's death. That's the reason why we ultimately die. We were not created to die. The world that God created was for us to be able to live forever. But when our our parents, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, there was the punishment of death placed upon us. But God is now going to give us an opportunity. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, just like the nation of Israel had an opportunity to be able to choose and then to act in faith, we too, when it comes to salvation, we are sinners according to the word of God. And now we've got a choice to make. Either we're going to act in faith and accept Christ as our personal Savior, realizing that Jesus Christ is the only way. Listen, Jesus Christ is the only way. There is no other way into heaven except for Jesus Christ. Buddha, Hinduism, uh, Mormonism, any isms, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the only way. I am the truth, the Bible says, and the life. No man or woman cometh unto the Father but by me. So you either have to accept that by faith and act upon that and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and it was my sin that placed him there. And that he died and three days later rose again according to the scriptures. I am going to act on that in faith. Or you're going to walk in faith and follow God. Take that opportunity. Or you know what you're going to do? You're going to rebel against God and say, I'm going to get to heaven my own way. I'm going to get to heaven because my good deeds outweigh my bad. I am still waiting for the first person to show me where that says that in the Bible. (laughs) Please show me in the Bible where it says that. See this picture here of the nation of Israel. It's really a picture of our choice of salvation, because you know what Canaan is? Canaan, right here. That is our Christian life. The Promised Land is our Christian life. It's the Promised Land, isn't heaven? No, because there won't be any giants in heaven that we've got to battle. There won't be any walled cities that we've got to conquer in heaven. Aren't you glad when you get to heaven that all victories are going to be won, that there's going to be no more tears, there's going to be no more fighting, there's going to be no more sorrow, there's going to be no more death? Canaan is a picture of our Christian life. And what we see in Numbers chapter 13 is that these people, it's a a picture of these people had the opportunity to act in faith and trust God and enter into a life that they could fully enjoy a more abundant life, as Jesus says. Don't you think that Canaan is a whole lot better than wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? Yeah. And it's a picture of our salvation. But for those of you who may not know Christ this morning, you are at Kadesh Barnea. You are on the entrance of entering into, you can enter into a new life with Christ where you can say, I believe what man has to say. I believe what some religious leader has to say. I believe what some book has to say instead of believing what the Bible has to say. See, you're either going to believe man's word or you're going to believe God's word. And what you believe is going to determine how you respond. So let me ask you this morning. Are you going to follow Christ in faith or are you going to rebel?